Um, there was. <laughs> Wait, because I've already told the story. <laughs> God, talk, man. <laughs> okay, I don't remember what the question yeah, was. Yeah, me neither, I forgot. <laughs> Today's subject that uh, we're going to talk about is uh, what makes us human, you know? What are some things that uh, separate us and set us apart from everyone else? The usual notion is that we are an animal whose health is governed by genetics, environment, food and water intake, and the occasional disease. All of those things are true, but they aren't true enough. It was a floating island, uh, slightly like New Zealand, with the North Island and the South Island. It was difficult, actually. They started off uh, floating, I think, off Africa, and then there was a, uh, a bit of a plane crash uh, on, in that part of the world a few days before the um, supplement was due. So the islands floated over to the other side of Africa. The Stuart Legg's idea was that it should all be used in terms of the quite baroque terms for print uh, that were used in the in newspapers. The two islands, North Island was called uppercase and the lower, the bottom one was called lowercase. Uh, and the island was ruled uh, by uh, General Piker, Piker being a lump of anyway, um, that you, you you put in, and his family, and they spoke Bodoni, and there was all sorts of. It, it was carried to the ultimate extreme. And I thought it was terrific. <laughs> said the Guardian at that stage was extraordinarily hard up uh, and I was uh, in my 30s and only recently been made editor so we were struggling along on all sorts of fours and there was a bright guy in the advertising department called Philip Davis whose job it was to think up uh, special reports uh, which were the sort of uh, umpteen pages of stuff looking at things that you wouldn't normally look at in a great deal of detail, like sort of 97 pages on Nigerian's development or something like that. Remember when I first joined The Guardian, before that, the first thinking, oh, how fantastic, the legacy of C.P. Scott. 
Um, the first thing I was asked to have a look at was a report which was entitled A New Industry Comes to South Lancashire, which is actually the Golden Wonder Crisp factory opening up in Runcorn. So there wasn't a tremendously high bar for any of this. Anyway, Philip, uh, who probably wasn't the sort of person that C.P. Scott would have clutched to his bosom, uh, had the idea of doing a spoof special report on April the 1st. Uh, which he came to me with, and I thought that was not a bad idea. Uh, And it rapidly became clear that if he got a good idea, then you could get a lot of advertisers to join in. And Geoffrey Taylor, who was the rather austere, not austere, but sort of laid-back former foreign editor, uh, now chief leader writer, who had a terrific sense of humour, went away and talked with a few guys about this. Somebody, I think a man with a beard called Stuart Legg, suggested that we could do something on a a mythical island special report. Uh, Geoffrey picked that all up. Uh, And so in a sort of committee sense, San Serif, or as the islanders call it, San Serife, uh, was invented. It followed the sort of uh, the lines of a normal special report. You had the history of San Serif, you had the political, uh, you had profiles of the political leaders who all magically turned out to be a member of uh, General Piker's uh, family. Uh, you had the cultural side of San Serif, the educational side. You had the whole thing blocked together, what they eat, uh, and and written at two levels so at first glance it's not clear that anybody sort of staggering out of bed reaching for a cup of tea over the breakfast table and looking at this would have quite clued up uh, have, the penny would have dropped uh, but it was there well anyway it was in the paper April the 1st nobody said anything for a bit and then at home my phone wrote started to ring and the said what's this is this is this a joke uh, uh, and I said well just go away and read it carefully and form your own views got into the office the office was swamped with telephone calls of people saying um, is this a joke can we go there travel agents um, ringing up to say uh, because we described what a wonderful place it was to go to People had read it and decided that they did the travel agent do holidays there. Uh, there was a huge sort of, which is always the greatest thing. Uh, the BBC, God bless it, uh, picked it up and we had a very good sales day. Uh, other papers picked it up and said that it was either very trivial and demeaning uh, or a terrific joke. Um, and there we were. What I hadn't expected was that it would go become, as I think it has to an extent, for people who are around at the time, an almost iconic joke. Uh, everybody uh, remembers it, who was there at the time, who was taken in by it, or who knew somebody who was taken in by it, or worked on it, or read it, or felt the impact. It was very, very good for The Guardian. But apart from that, it sort of uh, established a benchmark 
uh, for April Fool jokes in uh, newspapers. To me, it, it represents, you know, sometimes you just need something to light up the day. Do you think it sort of reflects that, that human need for having a bit of a laugh and a joke in the face of, say, adversity? Oh, golly. I mean, if you're looking at any TV news, radio news, or front page of most serious newspapers most of the time, uh, it, the, the diet of gloom is fairly uh, oppressive. If you're looking to back to 1977, we didn't have the uh, the Guardian, the Times, and so forth. Didn't have m- too much truck with celebrities falling in and out of bed with each other, and that that this has come on over the last few decades. So it was very difficult to have a, a lightning effect, and you could get into a terribly sort of be thought of as terribly pompous. There you were, woman, writing a leader saying. Uh, it is high time that the government of Mongolia pulled itself together, uh, and it, it it was a sort of British waistcoated editor men's club sort of world. Uh, and the Guardian isn't like that; wasn't like that. Uh, we had a lot of laughs. I'm sure they do still have a lot of laughs, and it seemed absolutely crazy to me not to actually reflect that because. Um, if you go through life uh, without having the chance to be surprised by something really good to laugh over, uh, then you're, it's, like being, it's like sitting through an endless reel of 12 years a slave uh, and praying that at some stage somebody will crack a joke just to lighten the mood. So there we go.